Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your Hell in the Cell recap. Cody is out. CM Punk is out. He didn't relinquish his belt, though. We have the BOSJ finals. We have your Dominion predictions. And we also have AEW Dynamite. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Damn, for us, it's rare when AEW comes in last. That's for sure. <laughs> Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band for Inside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. Pissing on the car seats, flatten the heels. And sitting to my left, as always, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Oh, shit. Vice never fails. That's about to say, quick, quick story about Vice, because... I know people always ask me about the AKAs or whatever. Uh, when I saw him last, um, he has AKAs on his phone. I mean, anytime he gets an AKA idea, he puts it on his phone and then checks it off whenever he gives it, whenever you use the AKA. So I almost challenge people to, from this moment on, see if we come up with a repeat AP, AKA. Because, I mean, this dude has got a little Rolodex of fucking nicknames. It's sick. If we've had a repeat, it is because uh, I didn't. Get, he didn't get a hold of me that week, and I did something that I didn't realize that we had done before. I mean, this is well, Jason. What episode is this? Allow us to bow. Allow us to ask me to uh, let's try this again. Allow me to con- ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Back Precon Podcast, Volume Two Six Zero, Chapter Three, Verse Fourteen. And the Good Smart saith, Hashtag Boo the Heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. Two Six Zero Fifty Two Times Five. 260 episodes in the can as we speak. I've always said it. I never thought we'd get past six months, much less five years. So congratulations, boys. Welcome back. Uh, the car is in one piece. I tried to put it in reverse to take the mileage off. Unfortunately, that did not work. But the car is in one piece, ready to go for this week's episode. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have two beers. Zach Bowman, what's going on, two beer? Oh man, uh, so busy. Uh, it is good to be back. So uh, I really appreciate everyone uh, listening to the podcast, even though we're uh, more unknown than the second verse of uh, of uh, Goddamn. I'm ruining my joke by forgetting Jericho's theme song. Judas. Judas. Second verse of Judas. <laughs> we're off to a rousing start. Bring those two guessos back. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, big shout out to Diesel and Brett. Thanks for uh, helping me out last week. It was a good pod. I, I, I listened to a lot of it. It was a great job, guys. We appreciate you guys. I said it had some BFR vibes on the uh, our text thread or whatever. So, yeah, uh, it was good to have. Uh, it was the first time, I think, in 260 episodes that we had some other people that wasn't a combination of the original core four. I'm throwing Tinder in there as the core four, however you want to call it. So yeah, it was it was different. You forgot about Lucha Chris. Okay, even there. Well, the core uh, four is sure, sure, sure. Like what what it started off with. With yes, Uh, I I listened to it. There there were some BFR vibes on there. It seems like those guys got the vibe of BFR. I thought it was. Very well done, that and nice job quarterbacking it, too. Hey, I learned from the best. What so, were you going to say, Zach? 
Well, it's kind of like watching another dude bang your wife. So if you're into that, um, you know. <laughs> okay. What he means to say is that he jerked off listening to it. <laughs> I was just getting ready to say, the lack of dick and cum jokes, I'm sorry, Jubier. I just can't do it like you do, so I just, I'll just leave it up. Uh, I'll leave that's that Diesel's up to job, you. dude. Diesel, you got to come through with some cum jokes, man. No, man, no. I, t- I told him before the pod started, I said, look. Do it the way you want to do it. Don't think you got to be Bill. Don't think you got to be Two Beer. Just be yourself. And I think it came off really, really well. I'm replaceable. Two Beer ain't. Uh, (laughs) We are coming at you from beautiful St. Charles, Missouri. It is a gorgeous night out here right now. Not too hot. Not too cool. It is just, it's a nice early summer night. Um, I just want to say I had a... Great time last weekend at Fish. Lucha Chris was giving me a lot of grief on Facebook and Twitter about fish, about how fish fish people are dorks. And listen, I totally get it. But I'm not going to apologize for getting my wig blown back by a band that I really enjoy and uh, doing some mushrooms. And I'm telling you, whoo boy, those Saturday and Sunday night shows were fantastic. Uh, hit me up on my DMs if you feel like knowing more. Um... <laughs> <laughs> also, all wrestling people are dorks too. It's the summer cooler than others. But, I've, uh, I, I, well, I, kn- I know I've said this before, and I'll say it again. F- the fish fandom and wrestling fandom is very similar, is because it's a very uh, closed group that is inclusive. If you want to be a part of it, but everybody there, almost every like most people there are are there to have a good time. But if you start getting into the granular arguments about stuff. Everybody disagrees all the time, and everybody thinks that the other person is wrong. Oh, you know, I like this jam better, or you, whatever. It's it's very, very similar, and I know that says something about me that I'm not willing to uh, dissect right now. I just – maybe years <laughs> later. But, um, you know, Zach and I didn't even get to – talk about CM Punk winning the championship before CM Punk <laughs> got hurt. I mean, we really we really took the week off on a huge, just a was, fucking massive week. I was like, I was thinking to myself on the way over here. I was like, man, it's a good thing a lot of shit happened this week because otherwise last week you motherfuckers be just pissed. Just a massive week that we missed last week with, uh, with the Double or Nothing pay-per-view and MJF's promo and uh, Hell in the Cell, but we're going to keep moving forward because that's what we're going to do. We're not going to look backwards. We're going to look forward, and with that being said, let's get to that one count. One, two, three. Your call, JC. Well, I was going to say, we, I'll keep it uh, the way we normally do it. Let's do it chronologically. Um, Hell in a Cell was uh, Sunday night in Chicago. Uh, Chicago's, man. Chicago's almost going to be in the epicenter of the professional wrestling universe as of late, but neither here nor there. Hell in a Cell on a Sunday night. Main event being the physical Hell in a Cell match with Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Now, I didn't know much about what was happening until with Cody until late Saturday night where rumors started to float where he was injured. I know Two Beer had said something about him being injured, uh, I guess it was a couple weeks ago, uh, getting into a brawl with Seth on Monday Night Raw. So apparently that plus him working out exasper- exasperated said injury, and he tore the uh, the peck off the bone or whatever the case may be. So think like Triple H in Saudi Arabia. 
So this is him coming into this match. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, if this, if it's this bad, then maybe they don't have this match. It's only it was seven car or seven matches with Cody versus Seth. They added on Moss versus Corbin on SmackDown, so that would be the Seth match. I'm thinking you got six matches. You just can move the women to the main event, make it work out, get Cody healthy, you know, get him back ready to roll. Lo and behold, Cody Rhodes comes out, and I see him. I'm watching him pretty close because I, I didn't know which arm it was coming into the match, which was physically hurt. And then I saw him try to, on the uh, the American Nightmare song, when he goes, whoa, and he, puts, he tries to put both arms up, and he only put the left arm up. I was like, oh, okay, so this is bad, bad. So he finally gets into the ring, and they do the introductions, and he takes his jacket off. It was pretty gnarly, okay? I'm not usually squeamish about things like this, but it was uncomfortable to look at to the point where now I was like, okay, we probably shouldn't be doing this. My first concern is more so about Cody. I get it. I've had arguments about this online basically for 24 to 48 hours after the fact the yeah, argument I saw, I saw is the remnants of some of those jesus christ <laughs> oh you can't do more damage than you already have okay yeah to the pectoral but god forbid he's got two more legs another arm a head whatever that, the case may be that is not to cut you off but that that is the point that i was thinking because i thought that your point was well taken that if you favor one thing then you're going to hurt something else. Like, that's what athletes do a lot. That's what football players do a lot. That's what baseball players do right. a lot. And your point was well taken by me. After it, seeing it, it like, you know, how twi- you know how Twitter shows you something from, like, a day ago. Like, right. I was just flipping through it. Go right. ahead. Um, but neither here nor there. I thought the match itself was, considering you had a one-arm Cody coming into it, I thought they did a lot of things very well on the fly. Um, I really would like to see this match with a healthy Cody, but I think a part of the magic of the match itself was the fact that he wasn't healthy and they pulled off a bunch of spots where the bull rope is the biggest one that that comes to mind where I, I was thinking to myself, no, he's not getting ready to do this bull rope. I mean, what the fuck? That was smart. It was smart in the sense that it kept the the hell in the cell mystique going, if that makes sense. We've always kind of said it, it, you know, it was heck in the cell or whatever. And then I'm not saying it was a bunch of blood or color in this bad boy, but it was a bunch of spots where it felt like a hell in the cell match. And this made it feel like a hell in the cell match. Callbacks to Dusty, so on and so forth. At the end of the day, like I said, when I first saw it, I didn't necessarily want him to wrestle. At the end of the day, it's arguably the WWE match of the year so far. Cody Rhodes did. There is no reason for him to go out there, and he did it anyway. So I have to tip hat to Cody Rhodes. You got to tip hat to Seth Rollins. He protected Cody Rhodes, even though there were spots where the kendo stick was a big one where he really went into the, the exposed area and dug into it. Granted, you know, you can't do any more damage, but, I mean, that motherfucker still got to hurt. So, in that sense, I give credit to Seth because he told a line between being the heel character but also trying to work safe with a one-armed Cody Rhodes. 
WWE gets very little props around here, and I think a lot of it's justifiable, but you got to give it flowers for this one because I thought, like I said, easily the match of the night of the card and arguably the WWE match of the year. Two beer, what you think? Oh, man, absolute all-time classic match. I'll remember that match for the rest of my life. Uh, I think that's the biggest takeaway. Like, we knew they were capable of really good matches, and that was obvious here, too. Uh, they managed to put together a great match on top of the gruesome injury, but the injury just makes it stand out. And Cody's a goddamn legend. Like, I don't care. Um, this, like, kind of cemented him. We already knew he was willing to do a lot. And, uh, yeah, just total hats off to the dude. I don't know if it was a good idea or not. Probably not. <laughs> but uh, he gave people what they were asking for. And, I mean, when you think about it, the story – it's almost like fortuitous. It sucks, but like this dude can come back and win the Royal Rumble as the biggest baby face since Cena. Like, goddamn Cody Rhodes. He it's bonkers. Yeah, he he made himself, and I, I think the friend of the show, Mike Gonzalez, said it uh, best on. I think I saw him say it on Twitter, where he said, "You know, it's one of those things that the the decision pre match." is so affected by how the aftermatch thing goes. It's like we you can have all the discussions that you want before the match, whether or not he should have gone out there. But the fact is he went out there and he brought home a classic, just an absolute classic. I mean, that that I don't think that that was their best match of the trilogy. I think that WrestleMania was a better match. But in terms of... I don't know. I think that people are going to remember both those matches quite a bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because they're both two legendary. They're both two great matches. Now, what Cody has managed to do is uh, defy all expectations. He quit WWE of his own volition. He went out, traveled the world, did ROH, did NJPW, decided to start his own company, started his own company, got it going, and you can say whatever you want about who the main driver was. You can say Tony Khan, you can say the Bucks, you can say Omega. Cody Rhodes was the face of that company when that when that company was getting off the ground. And, it, and anybody that's trying to say anything different, that's revisionist history. He went on AEW, and then he decided to come back to WWE, debuted at WrestleMania, had a tremendous four-plus star match at WrestleMania. Your mileage may vary on that. And then uh, became WWE, treated him like a massive fucking babyface, like a huge fucking deal coming back. And then he has this match. I don't care. I, I'm, I don't think it was makeup. It looked like a real injury. I'm not saying he's not actually injured. I'm saying they might have tried to embellish it. And even if they did, fuck it. Who cares, man? It's a work and a shoot. He managed to make himself... A bigger baby face with a bigger, you know, touchstone win in that moment. And now he's going away for a couple months. I hope they take him off TV. I hope they take him off TV. And when he comes back, he's going to be bigger than he was at WrestleMania. He's going to come back fucking huge because that's how legendary of a match it was. I watched that match hungover as fuck from let's just say booze and substances. (laughs) And I watched that match with my headphones on, on the drive home 
Monday morning. Ugh, ugh. Now listen, I <laughs> you guys because I was getting text messages from you guys and I didn't see him and I, I forget when I responded to him. I was yeah, it was a weekend, you know. Yeah, I know. But I, I was like, "What the ago. fuck are you guys talking about?" And then I was like, "Wait a minute, did he get injured during the match?" And somebody, I think Zach responded, yeah. "No, he he was injured before the match. He came into it." And I was like, "Well, I gotta watch this as soon as I can." And I watched it the next morning, and I was like, and then I watched it again this this afternoon. And it was, it's a tremendous match. It was the WWE match of the year, no doubt, except for maybe Cody Seth at WrestleMania. Yeah, it's crazy because think about what would have happened if he wouldn't have done the match. Like, you know, and he was out for, say, six months with this injury. Even though he had that amazing start, I think a lot of people would have shit on him and he wouldn't have the, he would have, he still get a, pop when he came back because everybody does when they come back from injury but now it's like people are like gonna be salivating for him to come back from injury like people are gonna want to see this guy again is it possible to say that his act with the bleach blonde hair and the stupid neck tattoo and his whole interest and everything is it possible to say that this was always destined to work better in wwe because it's just so white meat baby face is that fair to say? What do you think, Zach? Uh, maybe. Uh, I know that, you know, Tina ended up getting pretty 50-50 as far as, like, uh, baby face because, you know, the let's go Tina, Tina sucks. But um, I think that was probably a product of his booking. They've booked Cody Rhodes so far, and it was a short time, like, phenomenally. I mean, the dude beat Seth Rollins three times in a row. That's not – that is not something that you do. Seth's one of their top guys. And he's pretty protected. And I mean, Cody put him over, you know, mostly clean. Uh, <laughs> or Seth put him over mostly clean three times. So, I mean, I've heard. And people... I mean, the guy he lost to him, he's he got one arm. Like the dude beat him with one arm. <laughs> and I know this that's, is. That's a thing that I was kind of like. Uh... Seth got his heat back the next night, though. Quickly. And that, what I was going to say was that it's. Hindsight being twenty twenty, and I knew who had won, and I knew the whole story when I watched it. But what I didn't know was that Seth came out in polka dots, <laughs> and that I'm seems like this motherfucker. Ain't shit. This seems to be a bit under under talked about because there was no way Seth was going to win in polka dots. No, no, there was just you're, no. You're, you're asking for everybody to really hate on you, even with Cody coming out one arm, one arm. He was never going to win in polka dots. No, it was a total. Shot. It was a total sentence. shot against Dusty. That is such a funny I saw thing. it and I was like, "Oh, you motherfucker!" I was like, "I can't even see you ain't shit." I was like, "Okay, I want you to lose now." Incredible character. Yeah, I love Seth. Seth is firing on all cylinders. He lost all three of these matches, and I think he looks better. Better for coming it. out of it. Way better coming and that, out. Of that's it. a pro. Okay, that's some pro shit, man. Like I said. Both guys deserve flowers on this. I will say this about the the babyface uh, portion of Cody Rhodes. I was I was always curious to see if if he would have stayed in AEW, how his heel run would have went if he agreed to it. Obviously, I think that's uh, a major sticking point with, I guess, one of the reasons why he left is there's a top five. Answers on the board. You buy that though? I, I think sure there's something. No, I think there is something to it. I don't think it's the main reason, but I think there's something to it because 
Sammy and uh, Tay Conti have basically picked up that Cody um, storyline or whatever the case may be. I'm not saying it has everything to do with it. I think it has something to do with it. If he never, if they never put that step on Cody, then I think easily he could have been at the very least challenging for the AEW title, neither here nor there. I'll say this. Number one, I don't think it's going to be a few months. Um, I was listening to an interview on the radio. I guess it was Monday morning. A doctor was basically diagnosing this. He said three to four months he could come back with light activity and light wrestling. Six months feels like the full recovery stage where he can come back and do whatever he wants to. Six months from now is Royal Rumble. Rumble. Okay, so... If you wanted to do it like you did with John Cena and have him come back like Cena did in the Garden, come back at number 30, wins the Rumble, eliminates Triple H, he goes to WrestleMania, okay. That's the way you can probably get Cody to Roman Reigns. If Roman Reigns is the champ at that point, I got $20 that says he is with uh, Joey, so I'm going with the assumption that I'm going to win said bet at WrestleMania and Roman Reigns is the champ. That's can I the, get in on that? No, man. You can, get a, you can get side action. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, if Cody wins the Rumble and Roman is still the champ, which I think he still is, I'm not sure if it's going to be two champions or chips or one. doesn't matter. That's the best way you can get it from this point moving forward and make that a match of reality if you don't do Rock versus Roman. Uh, Zach, any final thoughts on Cody Seth 3? Yeah, um, I mean, they delivered. Nah, they delivered. Um, I guess the next best match is probably the women's match, the curtain jerker. No doubt. Um, Incredible. I love the psychology at the end of the match where Becky thinks that she finally has, you know, outsmarted everybody and gets in the ring to pin Asuka. And Bianca comes behind her and pulls her out and gets the win. Unfortunately, Oscar, you know, eats the pin, but somebody has to in this scenario. I like that fact. I thought the match itself was really good. If there was a scenario where you had to take Cody and Seth off the card, I would have made this match the Hell in a Cell match. I think there has been enough heat between Becky and Bianca to make this warranted a Hell in a Cell match. You can throw Oscar into that mix, and it's still been good. Neither here nor there. It was still triple threat, so there was no rules involved. Um, I guess my only problem, if I have a problem with it, is Oscar's eating the pen. I, like I said, I know someone has to, but I'm just kind of – I get the storyline that Oscar's going to be, you know, dogging Becky Lynch from this moment forward. Any chance that Becky gets to win a title, Oscar's going to be there to, to kind of stop that shit. I just wish they'd uh, they'd book Asuka a little more NXT-ish, you know, being the killer versus being this dancing, entertaining character that some people like, you know, know, to each his own. Me personally, like I said, when I wanted to come back, I wanted to come back with a vengeance, and you could still do that, and, you you know, usurp Becky at the top spot. But, like I said, neither here nor there. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, it was definitely, you know, not for – Cody and Seth being so wild, um, it would have been, you know, maybe the best match on a show. Very often the best match on any WWE show. It was good. Uh, really good triple threat and being the right person won. And, uh, yeah, 
I thought it was really well wrestled. I didn't get the chance to watch it till the next day, and everybody was talking about it. Cause I jumped in like the show late Sunday after trying to get some Stranger Things, and uh, so yeah, it was a you you uh, are you good match? Are you talking about? Nah, never mind. <laughs> 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 Not that Stranger Things. That be I didn't. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm always trying to get Stranger Things in. <laughs> I didn't watch this match until today. I read about how good it was. It was better than I thought it would be. I loved this match. This was, you know, what this reminded me of. Two of my favorite triple threat matches of all time. Oh yeah, Cena Rollins Lesnar. Mm-hmm. And Triple H, Benoit, Michaels. It reminded me of that because there was never, there was, there was almost never, it never stopped moving. It was all three were involved the entire time. And that is why I love triple threat matches. This is what a triple threat match should be. It shouldn't be one person selling for three minutes outside the ring while two people fight the whole time. This was all three of them were involved the entire time. And I got to say, Bianca Belair is the newest addition to the to the uh, top of the card when it comes to the women's division. It's the horsewomen, Bianca. And Bianca Asuka was unbelievable in this match. Unbelievable. Selling the, selling the leg, having a hard time getting Becky up at the end. She has to be so fucking strong, man. She is fucking... She's really something. She's... She's on her knees having chicks on her back and then standing up with them Dead on her back. Yeah, that's, that's, and then that's KOD and shit. That that ma- this match was for me 4.75 stars. I fucking loved it. Jesus Christ. Could have been a 5-star match. It was un- it, it on any other card it would have been the best match of the night. Yeah, yeah, if Cody didn't come out and basically, you know, beat Seth with one arm, then yeah, I would totally agree with that. Um from there, you know, you had um Lashley, I'm sorry, Lashley versus Omos and MVP in a handicap match. Um, neither here nor there. That does very little for me at this point. Um, Mustafa Ali and Austin Theory, I thought, had a pretty good match. Um, obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but Theory went over there. Um, KO versus Ezekiel. I love the fact that KO looked into the camera after he, when he was getting ready to pin Ezekiel, was like, Elias, Elias. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm talking about, KO. Do your thing, man. Call this motherfucker out and make this thing happen. And then, um, oh, Mad Cat Moss, I forgot about that. Uh, that was the late addition to the card, uh, Mad Cat Moss versus Happy Corbin. It looks like maybe Happy Corbin might be out for a little bit after – Madcap Moss gave the receipt back to Corbin, putting the chair around his neck and giving it a nice little stomp. So I'll be curious to see how long Corbin is is out. He should at least be out. He shouldn't be on SmackDown on Friday. Now, from that point, you know, if you want to take it two weeks, three weeks down the line, knock yourself out. Um, Judgment Day versus Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Liv Morgan. Obviously, we could talk more about this well, actually, let's just talk about it now. I guess the repercussions of Cody Rhodes being hurt is now Raw was missing a top babyface. So, obviously, on Monday Night Raw, 
Finn Bauer joined the Judgment Day uh, a couple weeks too late for my predictions, but neither here nor there. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of Finn Bauer's acceptance speech, he they turn on Edge and Damian Priest, Rhea Ripley, and Finn Bauer turn on Edge, basically destroy him, throw him on the, the table, blah, blah, blah. Um, Joey made a really good point. And I didn't think of it until he's, we talked about it today. Is that Cody Rhodes was the top raw babyface, and now with him out, you need a new top babyface. So I'll just, I guess, I'll ask this around. Did you watch Monday Night Raw? I watched uh, the important parts. Okay, so did Finn Balor turning on Edge surprise you? Yes, and I thought it was really smart of Monday Night Raw to have a countdown because when I was fast-forwording through it on Tuesday, just to, I <laughs> just <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Well, Let's get to the Well, yeah. it's like I wanted to see Cody's promo, and I wanted to see what happened afterwards. I, I missed all the spoilers on Monday night because I fell asleep at like 6.30. Uh, no, not really, but I fell asleep pretty early, and I wasn't trying to watch Raw. When I fast-forwarded through it on Tuesday... I watched the Cody and Seth part, and then I wanted to watch who the new person was going to be. When they flipped on Edge, I was surprised. I was also surprised at how pleasantly surprised I was. I was like, yeah, you know what? I like this a little better. And the reason I like it a little better. Really? Yeah. The reason I like it a little better, and the reason why I'm not that disappointed that they decide to uh, – you know, pull the eject button on the edge heel thing so much is because this is a great spot for Finn Balor. This is the Finn Balor needed something. Finn Balor has been criminally underused for a very long time. And for Finn Balor to have a heel turn on the main roster with a faction by turning on edge, I'm all for it. May I play devil's advocate? Sure. I De- think demons advocate, <laughs> demons advocate. Okay. Um, I think Edge is the better call because ultimately someone has to talk. Finn Bauer's biggest guess criticism, for lack of a better term, is that he doesn't cut a very good promo. Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley obviously being the other two, I'm not sure who can basically build a story and an angle perspective on the mic. Edge is really good on the stick. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I see your point. What I would say is we've never even seen Finn Balor as a heel. NXT. Okay, how long ago was that? Six years? Five or six years? No, he, he came back with NXT and was like the heel for like a hot second. That was when uh, Cross came in afterwards. They had a, tr- uh, a Fatal 4 match for the title. I am fine with Finn Balor trying to cut. Pro, uh, heel promo. I, I just I would rather see Finn Balor in this spot than Edge. Two beer. What do you think? I was just surprised it seemed sudden because I kind of feel like they just started this judgment day thing. Especially when you're very busy and the weeks go by and you don't even watch the product. <laughs> like it seems very sudden. <laughs> I feel like they just started Judgment Day the other day in my world. But um, that was the biggest surprise for me. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, Edge is great, so he'll be fine no matter which one he's in. And 
I, I'm kind of leaning Bill. Uh, your logic uh, makes sense, at least. Finn's like the leader of a heel faction, but Judgment Day kind of seemed like one of the more interesting things on that show. So we'll see how it goes. Okay, fair enough. Um, I thought Mad Cat Moss was uh, fairly impressive in his match against uh, Happy Corbin, at least in the sense of shedding the the funny portion of the gimmick, trying to be a little more serious. He looks the part. I just think it's kind of a little Goldberg-ish to me, but that's just me. Uh, that happened at the pay-per-view? It was, yeah, it was. they added it on as a seventh match. I didn't. I didn't see it. Uh, I no assume, holds barred. I assume Mad Cat Moss went over. Mad Cat Moss went over. Uh, he I, put a chair around Corbin's neck and stomped on it to uh, give him the receipt for a couple weeks ago on SmackDown. I am pro Mad Cat Moss. I am looking forward. I, I think Mad Cat Moss is kind of a dumb name. Like, go back to calling him Riddick Moss. I know they took the suspenders off of him. Thank God. Uh, well, at least it gave him a little something. I. Okay, but when he came out on Friday night, you know, like I said, he looked like Goldberg to me. I don't think you can go back to the suspenders at that point. To me, he kind of looks like a generic wrestler. Like if you saw him on, if you saw him, you know, on the street, and you were like, "That guy's a professional wrestler," you'd be like, "Holy shit, yeah, that guy's really well put together." But there's nothing. There's nothing really that stands out about his look. That's why I kind of like the suspenders. I mean, I didn't like the goofy shit. Like it, that's not a, that's a definitely a mid card, if not lower mid card type of gimmick. But I mean, yeah, I mean, he looks the part though. I think that's the suspenders, quote unquote. Bottom line is, I'm pro Madcap Moss, and I I like that I like his work, and it looks like he's willing to do anything, which is a good thing to be in, in the, the WWE. WWE. Yeah, no shit. Um. Outside of that, I, I can't think of anything Hell in a Cell I want to talk about. We kind of touched on the, the couple things on Raw. I think we're good. All right, let's get to that two count. One, two, three. Two beer. What's the two count? Two count. Uh, we'll go with AEW Dynamite. And I think we should probably start with Rampage, though, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Rampage, yeah. I forgot. I did watch Rampage, but these things happen so fast. I saw, uh, what's his name, Trevor Dame, which uh, is a good follow on Twitter. He said, like, every episode of Dynamite is like uh, Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. And he was so right. <laughs> <laughs> the ship just goes and goes and goes, and it's, like, so fast. <laughs> I like the video suck. Oh, wait a minute. We're not talking about the video. Well, the big thing that happened on Rampage is that CM Punk said that he's hurt. Oh, yeah. It just seems like so long ago. So what uh, we need to... <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that can be the... Cold-blooded. Uh, you know, CM Punk relinquishes the title, doesn't relinquish you the push title. The I think my biggest takeaway there uh, was essentially the confusion. Like, it's like literally the most important thing that you have going on in your entire company is CM Punk just wins the title and now what's going to happen next and like i feel like they totally botched the delivery of that uh but i mean his promo was good doesn't seem like he'll be out that long i think it builds anticipation for a match i'm kind of glad they're doing an interim championship instead of just putting the world championship on ice uh so yeah what do you guys think 
if I'm not mistaken, this happened when he dove into the crowd after he won the title, correct? Or or the springboard, whichever. He it was looked like he injured him Wednesday night. Okay. Let's say for the sake of argument, it happens in the match against Hangman Page. He wins the title. He comes out on Wednesday night and dives into the crowd. That's just foolishness. You are a brand. Yeah, but it didn't happen during the match, though. It happened on Wednesday. Okay. So now even more so to my point. The Grammatica effect. (sighs) Dude. Sit your narrow ass That's down. Martin Grammatica. Uh, yes, I totally agree. And that's what I'm saying. Sit your narrow ass down. You are now the AEW champion. You had this incredible story, whether that's people liked it or not. It's not his fault. That's a fault. Yes, it is his fault, Bill. He decided he wanted to jump his dumb ass into the crowd to celebrate. He does you it all the time, did, though. You, look, the first time he did it, I remember him doing it. And I was like, look, I, I would almost willing to go back and grab the... He did. He barely made it the first time. That should have been your cue. You barely made it the first time. I get it. You're hype. You you are excited, man. Do a lap and do some high five with the fans. Don't jump your narrow ass into the fucking fans and get you know, yourself hurt. You're the brand. Hold, hold now. on a second. But for for all those people that were talking shit to you on Twitter when you said that Cody shouldn't wrestle his match because he could get hurt and it could happen. And everybody was like, everybody came after you after the match, and they were like, but it didn't happen, so it's a bad take. Just say that I had a bad take. For all that, you could say, how many times has somebody kind of tried to celebrate in the crowd and not gotten hurt? It's just, it is, you're just... Ang- are you're just blaming the result? Like it's really. Uh, otherwise, we should all just fucking sit in when car he seats did it all the, the time. first time. I said he shouldn't be doing it. Okay. All right. I, just, I never thought to think. I never thought to get mad about how he got injured. I just. I never even I'm thought not, about look, it. Look, like I'm not mad. You're about blaming him. him though. I mean, it's, yes, it's not it's, his fault. It's that self-inflicted wounds, man. I can't. I can't feel sympathy but what, but for he, self-inflicted but, wounds. But anybody can get hurt at any time doing barely anything. I agree in with professional that. wrestling. I agree with that. So Damian why Priest are you... put Edge through a table with the razor's edge that looked dangerous as fuck to me, especially considering that Edge is 48 years old or 49 years old with. With his with his neck issues, and they, they did that. Like, if he would have gotten hurt, would you've been like, you know, Damian Priest never should have done that razor's edge to the table. That is that that you you can't have it both ways. You can't have the Monday morning. You can't be mad because they're Monday morning quarterbacking you, and then Monday morning quarterback CM Buck. That's true. Come on, that's no, a good point. No, that's no, a good point by the no, Vega you, bomber. No, you you gotta be smarter than that. That's all I'm asking you to do. Okay, I guess I'm just gonna sit on my couch until I fucking die. I'll never get hurt. Look, if you want to go out there and speed 95 on the highway and wreck your car, guess what happens? That's on you. Yeah, but you what, decided yeah, but you what, wanted to go on the highway and drive recklessly. But what if you go to the speed limit? CM lim- Punk decided he wanted to do but what if you go to the speed limit all the time? What if you go to the speed limit all the time and then some weird shit happens? Your tire blows out and you accidentally hit a post. Because that's, that's what happened some, to CM Punk. That's some weird shit. He was going to the speed limit. He was going the speed limit. He wasn't doing anything. How many times do we see motherfuckers driving into the crowd? Very rarely. 
Did okay. you say jive into the crowd uh, yes, because you're a black guy? No, I meant to say dive into the crowd, and I said jive into the crowd because I'm trying to say jump, dive, whatever. It's okay. I speak jive. <laughs> I love Airplane. It's a great movie. All right. So here's my whole thing about it. I didn't want to take up your time, but you reacted a fool. Uh, my whole thing about it is if he's hurt, he's hurt. And if he's out for three or four months because he has to have surgery – He's out for three or more, four months because he has to have surgery. But you got to strip him of the belt. Sorry. If you can't defend the belt, you're not champ anymore. And that's a bummer for everybody. But don't have this interim bullshit championship with John Moxley versus it's going to be Tanahashi. Or, yeah, yeah, Tanahashi. Don't – are they worried about the lineage of the belt? Is that why they're having this interim shit? Because that's garbage. That's Two, so stupid. Two Beard, you said you liked the interim t- title. The goal, uh, really? He did? Yeah. Oh, I yeah, didn't, yeah, I didn't know this. No, I just uh, – I prefer that. Because it's, so there's two ways. I mean, like you said, there is the philosophy, like Japan does, where they just strip the person. Like, even if you can't show up for that day. Like, say, you know, if you're, if you're on the card and you don't show up for whatever reason, it's a title match. Yeah, you're stripped, you're stripped of the and title. So that's, that's one way to do it. And then I think for like Tony Khan's logic, it's kind of more in line of like boxing, MMA. He's wanting to do that kind of like more realistic and more modern uh, idea of the interim champion. I don't know. I like, I just like the idea that we're going to have someone at the top who's holding a belt and in the meantime it's lurking even though we would already know this to begin with uh if like moxley just took the title and it wasn't called interim we know cm punk's coming back and challenging for that title because he had to relinquish it so it's just a different way to, yeah, to go there, about it and to call it there's no know, the there's no outcome there's no difference in just saying it's going to be moxley versus tanahashi and then when C, it when cm punk is healthy and he comes back he's right to the front of the line that's the way they should have done it with Finn Balor. That's the way they should do it with CM Punk right now. I was listening to Tony Khan on Wednesday on the radio, and he basically was made he it a chewing key. his face off. Can you hear him chewing well, his was, face off? It, it was like, you know, what time was it? It's, so it's like 1030 Central Standard Time. So I would like to think that he would, you know, he's like, dial it down. He's like trying to get mucus from the back of his sinuses that isn't there. I was like to say, I'd like I, to think he'd be dialing I don't know anything about bit. that, guys. Don't know anything about it. Yeah, move along. Um, he, was, he made it akin to UFC. So if the UFC champion gets hurt, you take the next two guys, you make an interim champion, and then you have a unification bout. I think ultimately it's more about the unification bout than the interim championship. When whoever wins between Moxley and Tanahashi, and I shouldn't even say that because I, I, I should say the winner of Goto and Tanahashi will face John Moxley. I shouldn't just assume because I, I'm getting a little pissed off that people are assuming other things, but we'll talk about that in a second. Well, Goto's got as good a chance as Kyle O'Reilly had. Yeah, can we? Yeah, yeah let's, can we talk it's about Goto chance. for a second? I mean, yeah, I, I, like, I don't know why everybody's shitting on Goto. Goto. I think that Goto, awesome. Goto is awesome. He can have great matches. He has had great matches. If G1 anybody's, if anybody's watched the G One, yes. Goto usually has a, you know, an above average G One. Yeah. 
And I'm pretty sure he's been in more G1s than anyone else currently wrestling also. Uh, I, I just think it's fucked up. Yeah, I think it's fucked up. He might not be the flashiest name, but there's no doubt that at Dominion, Tanahashi and Goto are going to have a great 15 to 20 minute match. There is no doubt about that because Goto can fucking go. <laughs> and I, I just, I'm, I'm here to stand uh, in defense of Hiroki Goto. No, that's what I was sure. saying. I, I don't want to just assume. The reason why I'm, we're saying this is because Moxley has talked it up, and now I think he's kind of speaked it into existence. Weirdly, because CM Punk gets hurt, but now it's spoke, spoken to existence. You got Moxley, who's probably going to be the interim. You know, he's already into the finals, and then you got Goto versus Tanahashi. We would assume Tanahashi wins, so now you get the match that Moxley's been wanting for so long. They might give me the bite on a couple near falls, but I'm still excited to watch the match. No question. And like I said, I think that Goto is going to give Tanahashi all he wants, and I think it's going to be a really good match. Ultimately, like I said, I think we all assume this is going to happen. Go ahead, Two Beer. Uh, I think it would be awesome. We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here because uh, I still want to talk about some stuff on Rampage, but I think it would be awesome if Tanahashi beat Moxley, even though I don't think it's likely. Oh. That like if CM Punk's only gonna be gone a couple months, like how cool would it be that Hiroshi Tanahashi is your goddamn champion? The guy is like probably the greatest living wrestler working. Um, you know, just absolute legend. That'd be cool to me. Um, well, but that depends would, on how long the injury is. That and and we can get into the New Japan stuff that happened on Dynamite a little bit later. That would also be cool to me. I'm not sure if. Listen, I'm not sure what Tony Khan's is. Is his end game to try to make the best wrestling promotion that he can, or is his end game trying to make the most money he can? Because if the end game is trying to make the best wrestling promotion that he can, then Tanahashi could be a champion. Then Tanahashi could be the AEW champion, and that would be really cool. But the thing that kind of fucks me up about it is that when you watch Dynamite and they have these NJPW run-ins and just mentions, and we are getting ahead of ourselves, uh, and we'll go back to Rampage in a second, it just seems like the announcers are trying to provide context as stuff is happening, and it it kind of takes away from the excitement about it. Now, listen, that might be just the price of doing business. That might be playing the long game. Like, if you want NJPW to be a viable U.S. promotion and AEW is working on that goal with NJPW, then these are the things you have to do. Like, there are going to be growing I don't think that a lot of people knew who Aussie Open was. No. Yeah, probably not. And that, No, not at all. But And that's why I think they yeah. did it. I just, I, I'm, a, I'm a totally agreeing yeah, with I know, you, but I know. It's, it's kind of like, you know, like you said, it's the price of doing business. When Great O'Connor and Jeff Cobb you came have out. To, but you have, you have, you have you to can, introduce them at some, some point. point. And, that's, and I think it, it's just Tony Khan's booking is, like you said, it's we didn't start the fire, Zach. It's, it's going quick, and you're just going to have to keep up. This is one of those times where it needs, it needs to be a buildup. From somewhere JFK, else. JFK, blown away. <laughs> what else do I have to say? We didn't start the fire. So that's what I'm saying. A build has to come Just age from the a, fuck out of ourselves. Right, right. A build has to come from somewhere else, a different angle. If the New Japan, you know, decided they wanted to, you know, tease Great O'Kine and Jeff Cobb going to the States, then it, it, it makes a little more sense. You know what I'm saying? 
when I was at um, Joey's house, I guess that was, oh, whatever pay-per-view it was. It was um, Double or Nothing. One of the guys there is going to the Forbidden Door pay-per-view that's never seen New Japan. So in this scenario, the guy that strictly watches AEW needs to be introduced on, if he doesn't know who Will Ospreay is, that's Will Ospreay. That's one guy. A lot of people, like I said, don't know Aussie Open. That's two more guys, three total. Hanare is definitely not known unless you watch New Japan. So, I mean, there's at the most, you have four guys that are coming in in this ring and stomping out um, FTR and whoever else it was. I can't even uh, about to say. I'm not even going to look at my notes because, like I said, we're going to talk about that in a second. But ultimately, I think that's the reason why you had to do it. The fact that I watch both, it doesn't necessarily, you know, phase me per se. Two beer, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> oh my god, I was not out there for a second. I'm like reading about Rampage, so I'm gonna move on. <laughs> I have no idea. Sorry, I'm really high. Oh, um, Jesus Christ. I was, to, I was trying to think of uh, you didn't start the fire lyrics and I screwed it all up. But, uh, <laughs> Google motherfucker, damn. As is my fault. Anyway, uh, moving back to uh, Young Bucks, Lucha Brothers. That's why this is why I wanted to bring it back to Rampage. Right, this match ruled. Like ruled. There was other stuff on the show, but this match was awesome, uh, as you would expect. Uh, Young Bucks are kind of near their hometown. They don't really go to the West Coast a whole lot. Um, kind of lame. I'm waiting for them to come to the Pacific Northwest. You guys get triple threat ladder match tag team ladder match and a hair versus hair match like next week and uh one out two they haven't yeah. even they haven't even come so um anyway yeah i wanted to bring it back to the uh uh young Bucks lucha brothers just just to mention it because it was a oh pay-per-view level match i know i know it you, was phenomenal i know you wanted to bring it up because you know young bucks are your your boys and shit so go ahead you know he ain't wrong though man i'm like, not look, I, i'm so I'm, like okay. I, I don't want to agree with him on it but he's not wrong <laughs> I, I said it the other day at when we were watching Double or Nothing. I wouldn't. It's going to be hard for me to say they're the greatest tag team of all time. I'll say they're the most entertaining tag team of all time. That entrance to Double or Nothing before they I actually came the in. Whackers. Please. When, uh, oh my God! When they cosplayed as the Hardy. No, <laughs> no I'm talking about uh, on Double or Nothing when they did like the little promo and you had the Elvis impersonator. It was like Super Kick Party. Oh my God, dude! The whole room for Double or Nothing dumpled over. I was laughing my ass off, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think they're the. It's going to be hard for me to, to say they're going to be the greatest tag team of all time. I will easily say they're the most entertaining tag team of all time because anytime they come up, they do something that makes me laugh. And that, to me, is something to be said. To me. No, 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 no. Bell to bell is something know, different. I know, I know. I get this distinction. Oh, but there's still that, too. Uh, there was also a uh, good main event, Scorpio Sky versus Dante Martin. So, uh, worth mentioning. Although I think we have a lot more to say about the TNT channel real quick as we go to uh, to Dynamite, we can talk about that. Um, but yeah, so Dynamite opens, Independence, Missouri. Pretty sure uh, I know uh, Patriot Pat was there. I don't know if Lucha Chris was there. Maybe uh, I didn't. I wasn't on Twitter like too much, but I saw some stuff. So, uh, but. Open with a casino battle royal. Sound like he was being interviewed by the cops right there. He's like, <laughs> I don't know if I was on Twitter, but I saw some stuff. Okay, like, 
Not sure what. Not sure what to say, but I, I okay. I saw some stuff. <laughs> okay, I say you ain't gonna ask me about that. Perfect. Let's move along. <laughs> no, it's different because if I was if I was getting talked to by a cop, I'd be like, no, nah, I didn't see anything. That a boy. That a boy. You never rat on your friends. <laughs> Stop snitching. That's Cameron. <laughs> they say, hey, hey, Henry, Henry, look at me. You did good. <laughs> never rat on your friends, and always keep your mouth shut. Bringing it back to Ray Liotta. Oh, man, we're good with the callback. Oh, uh, yeah. That's good shit. Um, but, yeah, Casino Battle Royale. Two things about this. One, it is very awesome to put, like, what has traditionally been a pay-per-view level Battle Royale. Like, it feels like a pay-per-view level thing sometimes to put on the buy-in. But it's almost like the, their version of the Royal Rumble. And they put it on, like, to open a dynamite. I was very excited about that. Um, I thought that was, like, super cool thing i was not excited about is all of the people that were not in the world like in the battle royal like wouldn't you just be rushing because when i was a kid i actually believed that the royal rumble was real and that like everybody had an opportunity at the championship <laughs> or somebody went over the top rope like say, it was like your one day to be a hero yeah and yeah, when he exactly. says he was a kid he means you're one of bfr <laughs> yeah exactly and theoretically, in kayfabe, everyone should be clamoring for that spot. Like, every single top guy. And I know a couple of them are out. Brian's out with an injury. Cole's out with an injury. But, like, dude, like, every one of them. Like, Jericho, uh, Samoa Joe, uh, Jeff Hardy, uh, Jungle Boy, Adam Page. The dude was just the champion, and he just lost. Why would Wait, he was Jungle Boy in not war- in the- No. That is no. That's ridiculous. Low. I know that Wardlow like, yeah. sorry. I know that Wardlow wasn't because Wardlow explained his reasoning later, which was garbage reasoning. Like the stupidest reasoning. So <laughs> I'm like, dude, no, you out. don't say that right afterwards. You just keep on the focus on the title. Have sorry, a mystery Jimmy. person attack Wardlow beforehand. Yeah, don't don't say this. <laughs> Yeah, or I hate have to say they in there and just get thrown out, and then be like, "Yeah, I didn't win that royal rope for that, that battle royal, but I'm coming for another title." Right? You know? Like you yeah. can get thrown out of a battle royal. Yes, you can have five guys trying know. to throw you out. So. No, I... exactly. There's ways to get people over in a battle royal. Like, and I, uh, yeah, I thought some of the things that they did set sets up like. You know, future shit down the line. Swerve being the biggest standout. Swerve was, Swerve was the biggest. Swerve, Swerve had the most interesting stuff happen to you him. You throw out Keith Lee, I'm like, okay, you know, I get it. But if we're going to say the Judgment Day breakup was too quick, then the Swerve-Keith Lee breakup is we don't a little know too, too We don't quick. know yet. Well. We don't know yet. Okay? It, it feels like they're going to flip Swerve to a heel, which he can do. That's not a, you know... The he gimmick had a heel smile of, on his face. Exactly. And he threw Darby Allen out. Same concept. So for me, it's like you have matches in, in between matches. Andrade is kind of one of the biggest disappointments because now you had him out with Rouge a couple weeks ago at Double or Nothing, and then you come back and he's, you know, in the final four, he gets eliminated. But like I said, ultimately, I think they got it right with Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, were, were, sur- were you surprised by that win? Well, when afraid. we got to the final I, four, not I, really. I was shocked. What was the final four? Andrade. Andrade was in there. That's who I thought was going to win. That's who I thought was going to win. That's who I thought was going to win, too. Andrade, uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, uh, was it Dante Martin? 
Shit, I had it. And Daniel Garcia. Yeah. No, no, no. no. I thought Daniel Garcia was out by that point. No, not Daniel Garcia. No, somebody else came in that was wearing, I thought it was Daniel Garcia because I was watching it. I was banged up. I'm like, that's not Daniel Garcia. I was like, probably Dante Martin. Who else came in? It might have been Dante Martin. Similar trunks and stuff. And yeah. No, no, no. It was goddamn, uh, it was, uh, um, oh, Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, oh, Wheeler? Well, Yuda. Yeah, Wheeler Yuda. That's what it was. I think that uh, so Wheeler Yuda would have been a better choice. I think Andrade yeah, would have had to fight. Uh, Andrade would have certainly been a better choice. Yeah, having Wheeler Yuda fight John Moxley, it was a foregone conclusion that Moxley was going to win anyway because they're not going to have they're not going to have Wheeler Yuda. They're not going to have Kyle O'Reilly. They're not going to have Andrade. None of these guys are going to fight Tanahashi. Moxley's going to fight Tanahashi. So it was a foregone conclusion. So why use yeah, that? But, like, to... you could have thrown, like, Jericho in there, and then, like, you had Jericho Moxley, like, on, I, on TV. You I know would, what I mean? It's... Yes, I get it. I would have used it to elevate somebody. If if it's a foregone conclusion. Who you did, who you elevated then? I guess there's the better question. Andrade. Okay. I mean, I would, I would have liked Andrade or Jungle Boy is who I would have been and waiting for. Thing. In that sense, I really wasn't mad about Kyle Or Riley fucking Keith did, Lee. Like, that. put somebody, put somebody, just say, say to your audience that this guy has a chance at a chance at the belt. That's not Kyle O'Reilly, who is, let, 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 let's just put it out there. The Uh-oh. guy's got the personality of Driftwood. He he has a, he's great in the ring. And listen, Moxley O'Reilly was a perfectly good television match that if they were given five minutes more, could have been a perfectly good pay-per-view match. I love Kyle O'Reilly in the ring. He's got no personality. As a heel, as a babyface, it doesn't matter. He has no personality. I know he lives in the St. Louis area. He might be watching me right now. <laughs> you better look around. These, Come get me, prick. <laughs> I say, these trees are awfully big. I can't necessarily see somebody coming. That's St. Charles. He can't even see me. In. He's trying to look at us. <laughs> I'll just say this. I was surprised. I was surprised that Kyle O'Reilly won. Very surprised. I'm. I'm not old. It seemed like the most boring. I, but I think that's kind of what they wanted to do in that scenario. As much as I want Andrade to be the next guy, maybe this or oh, Atlantic title is the next move for Andrade. Oh yeah, more titles. Maybe it might have been as simple as Moxley saying, "I want to fight O'Reilly." It could be. Yes. And ultimately, the match itself was good. Uh, yes, it was. But, it was. He's a great yeah. in-ring performer. But to defense of Kyle Riley, he did set it up in this backstage promo, which was not very good. But no. he did say he beat A, B, C, and D to get to this point. You talking about when there. he was talking to Regal? Yes. Oh, yeah, man. Just charisma dripping off the screen. He didn't have to... In this scenario, you don't have to have Listen, charisma. Man. I'm a commentator, all right? I'm not a journalist. I'm not a wrestler. I'm just here to comment. You know this who was dripping with charisma? John Moxley. Uh, oh, my God. He so really like, was, man. We had, like, so good. that battle royal. And, like, so, like, I'm watching this, like, uh, last night, and I'm just, like, all right, like, I'm vibing with it. It didn't make sense to me that all those people were in the battle royal, but the match itself was good. You know, big one for Kyle O'Reilly. I like Kyle O'Reilly. And then, like, John Moxley comes in and just cuts this awesome promo. Just, like, off the cuff, like he does. 
We haven't seen these in like a while. It so it was ripped. cool to get back to like a John Moxley promo. Yep. I could watch him all day. And uh I don't yeah, like so, when people don't put him in the conversation of best promo in the business. I I don't like it. I don't like when people bring up MJF ahead of him because they do two different things, but the thing that they both do is both great. Like, John Moxley needs to be in the conversation for best promo in the business. Okay, so let's just cut to the chase. One, MJF, Moxley, who's better? Uh, uh, Moxley. Two beer? It's tough. Uh, they're They're different. And, uh, you know, they both, like, cut promos of the year before. So, I don't know. If you have to, like, give it to me, I would say probably MJF. Uh, I feel like he could just riff and riff, even though some of it gets pretty similar. I mean, they're both A-pluses. The only reason I said Moxley is because I don't want to be one of those people that's like, oh, well, it's a tie. They're both great. If you made, like, if you made, I'm making you choose. If they had to do it all, if if you said to either one of them, like they're at a wedding and they're like, "Hey, go out," you're like, "Go out there and cut a promo." I would take Moxley. Okay. I probably, I probably take Kingston over either. One. That's a guy. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we can talk about him too. That's a guy uh, that I, I thought it was could have been an outside dark horse to win this thing, and he wasn't in it either. Yeah, he was. Oh, he was. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's keep it going. Sorry, Zach. No, yeah, you're good. Uh, so then we had a new championship. So again, like I had not, I was, I had seen the belt on Friends of BFR, but I had avoided spoilers. So I knew there was a new belt, but it almost just seemed like a parody because we have so many belts already, and then we just did the Owen belt, and uh, then they're like, "Here's a new belt," and I wanted to preface that by saying I don't hate it. Especially the belt. The belt itself is like beautiful. Oof. But there's a lot of belts. And we find out that the Buddy Matthews versus Pack match is going to be a qualifier for this like eight man tournament uh, for this new All Atlantic belt, which is essentially, I guess, an intercontinental belt with a more confusing name. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, it's just called the Atlantic. Japan is not in the Atlantic. Uh, China's not on the Atlantic. They're both like on the belt in grave, but um, yeah, not the geography say, podcast. Japan's but. on the Pacific, but you know, whatever. <laughs> do yeah. you think, TK? Do you think? I mean, if you but, think about you know, all the waters to... connected. Yeah. What, I, what I'm what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking is, um, I don't know what it's going to be, but I feel like this could be something like, uh, you know, how belts can travel between like especially like Rev Pro and New Japan and um I feel like this is the belt that goes out. Like it's not the belt that's necessarily defended on Dynamite or defended on the AEW pay per views. It's like defended on New Japan pay per views and in other countries and like if you want somebody to do that, I feel like out of everyone in the company, Pac might be your best choice because I mean he lives over there. Uh, station over there. Imagine pack wrestling like Shingo Takagi for this belt. Like my fucking. He's also need like. He's also a great. He's a great representative for the AEW brand. Like he is a yeah. guy that goes out there and gives his all every time. He doesn't really change his character, whether or not he's face or heel. I'm always the guy that says, you know what? More belts. 
Tony Khan has really put that to the test. <laughs> because now yeah. I didn't I well, didn't, he also bought a company with like Right. Yeah, that's what I was getting, that, you stole my thunder, but go ahead. I didn't get to say this last week because I wasn't on the show, but the fact that Britt Baker and Adam Cole are carrying around belts as the Owen Hart champions is pretty ridiculous. So what you have to think now listen, this MJF stuff is proving that Tony Khan knows how to work the fans. I have to think that introducing more and more belts is just Tony Khan as a rich kid just having fun trolling and working everybody. Like, more belts, more belts, more belts. Because at the pay-per-view, Double or Nothing, which I did watch. I know I didn't get the chance to comment on it. You Every, said you didn't want to comment on it. Everybody came out with a belt. Everybody had a belt. <laughs> it seemed like everybody had a belt. And then they gave out belts. And then they come up the next week and they have a new belt. This has to be a troll. It has to be a troll. It just has to be. Pretty soon, pretty soon, Tony Khan's going to be seeing us. He's like, his Excalibur, see if he can work chicken fucker into the commentary tonight. <laughs> <laughs> AEW just gave Cody Rhodes the ex-AEW belt. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll say this. I will agree with you to a certain extent that there are a lot of belts. I like to think of it as our no, for me. It, to, I still think of it as ROH, even though they haven't got this relaunch going. ROH is still over here, even though you have that's just more belts. It's I'm thinking of it as still two different companies. If it was one company, I would really, really jump on board. But there is. Oh, there is representatives of two different companies. You Adam, have an ROH champion. You have the AEW champion. You have an ROH women's champion. You have an AEW women's champion. So it's two different companies. Do you Go agree ahead. with me that Adam Cole should not be carrying around a belt? Okay. So this he is the, won the championship. This is the only thing that I can say that it's so stupid. It is. Stu- it's not stupid. He doesn't even defend it. You're not supposed to. But I think this is a piece of fuckery that's out there waiting to happen. See, um, with the FTW belt, why is it even out there? And who has it? Ricky, Ricky Starks. Starks. Okay. Ricky Starks sweating bullets. He's like, my belt. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So- I know why he's sweating. I was at Fish this weekend. I was sweating, too, at midnight. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Doing okay. balloons. Yeah. Ice cold fatties. Ice cold fatties. I think that this All-Atlantic Championship is like akin to, like you said, the Intercontinental Championship. Okay, fair enough. Part of me was thinking maybe they needed something, a, a second, secondary championship on the AEW side. Okay, I'm not talking about what all of the Tony Khan's play things. I'm just talking about the AEW side of Tony Khan's play things. You might want to get a second one going. Okay, so we have it. Now, from that point, I like the, the tournament. I like the Fatal 4-Way at the Forbidden Door for the title because we're going to be there. Shout out to High Five Tom. That being said, moving past that, I think how you book it is the question. If, you, if you're going to have this title going around from country to country, can a non-AEW champion or non-AEW AEW uh wrestler win this title because that's now saying that you're allowing say someone from rev pro or noah noah or new japan whatever the case may be that might be the way where you if you really wanted to start a global domination that might be a way to do it 
I get it. It's a lot of fucking titles ultimately, but just looking at it from AW, their roster seems like it's still getting bigger and bigger, maybe with bigger names. So you might want to have a secondary championship for powerhouse Hobbs to chase after or swerve to chase after whatever the case may be. Hey guys, I'm, I'm going to have to say this right here in this little peek behind the curtain for the people that are listening. Mm-mm. We're an hour into this, and we have a lot more to go. So I'm going to start. I'm not going to try to rush anybody. Tom Brady's right, taking I'll over. I'll move on here. Tom uh, Brady's taking over. I got to say, uh, I just in my head cannon believe that Kenny Omega made this belt specifically for Kota Ibushi and uh, that he just had it made. That's in my head cannon. And it's Jesus like luring Ibushi. I hope that's true. Yep. Uh, so, without uh, going into details, of course, the with Buddy Matthews was awesome. The fact goes over. That was a fantastic TV match. Match of the night. Then Eddie Kingston has a match. Or has a, has a microphone. He has a uh, promo. And he's super pissed. And <laughs> his delivery is so perfect. And he's like, but Jake Hager's like, whispers it. He's just, it's so good. And um, They gave me a minute. He's so I don't cool. need a minute. Yeah. Exactly. It's just, like you said, Eddie Kingston is absolutely up there as one of the best promos. And uh, this is, like, so much fun. So, like, right now, the, mat, the the show is firing on all cylinders. And, like, we're qualifying things and, you know, saying, um, you know, there's it's not perfect, but, like, dude, this is, like, an entertaining-ass show. And, uh, First hour you get Eddie right Kingston by. In there. Yeah. And then you have, like, Trim Perretta in, in there. And you're like, I really like Trim Perretta. But I'm like... Okay, this is the segment where it like slows down a little bit. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, Trip Retta, natural best friend Sam, like whatever. Oh, and then we get FTR, which is awesome. But then we get Will freaking Osprey. <laughs> it's like, you think the show's slowing down. You're like, okay, Trip Retta, I like FTR. This we is what happens to set something fire. up. <laughs> and then Will Osprey, which, I mean, all of a sudden you're just thinking, like, what's he doing here? What's the match going to be? Like, I don't think it's going to be anything as cool as we could fantasy book, but it is very exciting to finally have him on AEW television because he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. So that was a uh, a pretty cool moment. Totally agree. Loved and, it. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, it's disappointing that most of the crowd probably didn't know who he was or probably wasn't that familiar with him. There was a loud Especially portion. off the open, too. Like you said, off the open rules. But there was a loud they'll por- learn. There was a loud portion of the crowd that was saying, uh, this is awesome. But, I mean, got, that's the that's the It's the growing Japan cr- No, that's the New Japan crowd that, right. that knows Will Ospreay off jump. And then uh, maybe even a smaller portion knows who um, Aussie Open is. For me, <laughs> man, <laughs> it was a lot to take in real quick. Will Ospreay comes out, he, and I was thinking it was going to be Okan and uh, Jeff Cobb, but even better, uh, Aussie Open and Hanare. Ultimately, my point is, if this momentum keeps going, you're going to have so many different guys coming in and out of AEW with this quote-unquote forbidden door. For those that aren't familiar with Will Ospreay, to say he's one of the best wrestlers in the world doesn't really cut it. Like, he, he can have some of the best matches in the world and has had some of the best matches in the world in the last two years, three years, you know. Also, he does it with 
any number of style. It doesn't matter. He doesn't he's still not like that guy where he will wrestle that style. Like, Zack Sabre Jr. is amazing. He wrestles that style, and he's just absolutely amazing at it. And it makes him one of the best wrestlers in the world. What up to, will Ospreay. Went up to heavyweight, won the heavyweight title. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's so will many Ospreay things about. VSJ yeah. match. And then also wrestle a high-flying match. Right. And then the next day wrestle a traditional 1970s, like, babyface versus heel match. Like, the dude, just unreal talented. And I, I'll say this, and we can move on. I, I, I understand where people don't like Will Ospreay, and I get it, okay? To me, it's like Floyd Mayweather. I'm not, I don't necessarily like the person, but I can appreciate what Floyd Mayweather does in the ring the same way with Will Ospreay. Two beer, Proceed. Right on. Uh, so I agree. Then we had uh, Regal with uh, Shivani, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole. Nothing really uh, to say except uh, Regal is awesome. And uh, I mean, still already said it about Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but never mind. Go ahead. I'm not shitting on him. I love him. I'm not shitting on him. But, you know. I don't think yeah. he, had, then, he needed to say anything more than what he needed to say, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so. Then, again, you think, like, oh, David Finley. Uh, I like David Finley. Very solid worker. Mm-hmm. Not, like, a marquee name. No. Uh, but definitely been on American television, especially with Impact. So, you know, familiar face, third-generation wrestler, all that. Uh, then Adam Page. Uh, and then they put on, like, a really good, like, New Japan-style match. Like, that was absolutely solid match. Uh, really enjoyed it. And then Page you know, starts his promo, which, you know, uh, yeah, it is an, an explanation for not being in the Battle Royal, not necessarily having a title match, but I feel like this right after MJF just roasted Tony Khan and then Paige is the champion and he carries the title for a very long time and has this great run. And then he's like, it doesn't seem like I'm getting a title match anytime soon. It seems like he's like painting AEW management, you know, in other words, Tony Khan, like, as a heel, just like MJF did the previous week, uh, I just would have preferred him to be in the Battle Royal and or this match. But, uh, yeah, he's now going to challenge Okada for the IWGP title, or maybe Jay White, as Adam Cole alluded to in the the post-match promo when he interrupted Hangman, so uh, what do you guys think? I still think, even though I think Jay White and Okada, or Jay White and Paige is a more intriguing match because of you can trace Hangman's current character, like, all the way back to specifically Jay White. Uh, Hangman and Okada sounds legit amazing, too. So, so if that gets into our Dominion predictions, we can maybe leave it. Yeah, uh, let's, but, let's leave that for our Dominion predictions, but I do want to talk about Page versus Finley, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, Page brought up that he wasn't involved in the Battle Royal, which at least he's addressing it. At least they didn't let it go by and not have him address it. I would love to see Page Okada. Uh, I've probably seen it before. They probably did it I think at maybe a, G1. a G1. Yeah. They might have been in the same block, but I don't remember. That would have been. Well, they had to be. There's no way otherwise they'd have been in the final. That would have been my first 
But if they ever fought before. I'm pretty sure that Paige and Okada was in a G1. I would rather see Paige Okada than Cole Okada. Um, Who's a better wrestler, Paige or Cole? In ring. Uh, These days, I'd say Paige. I'd say Paige, too. I would say Paige, too. Um, Either or gets... Either or can, I think it sell tickets if you're looking at it from the business perspective of it. Storyline, I guess it, it, I guess it would kind of make more sense for Adam Page to get this shot first. I, ultimately, I think this is going to be a triple threat. I really do. I just I don't know how they get there, but I don't think Adam Cole is sitting there at ringside without. New Japan having doesn't involved. really do triple threats though. I mean, they have Every one. Now and they, then. they have one coming up at Dominion, which we'll get to. Um, either way, I, I, I would watch Okada there. fight a broomstick, obviously. But I guess my I would point rather is, see Okada versus Page. My point is, and I guess this is what my point from earlier: Jay White is not getting enough. And I and I just said, you know, you know, Okada should win. I think Jay White doesn't get enough respect, if you, especially if you watch New Japan. It's almost like Jay White is the Okada kryptonite. When well, push comes to shove, Jay White can beat Okada. He certainly it, gets enough respect from this podcast. The question is, and this will bleed into our Dominion predictions, which we don't have to get into now, but the question is, who does New Japan want to represent right. New Japan at Forbidden Door right. as the champion? Right. And that's that's the real question right. because that's that's gonna ha- that's good that hangs a huge pall over Dominion. Uh, not saying that's the end all be all, but uh, it's what, there's something to it. What was next? Uh, so real quick, the Heyman and Okada have faced in 2018 four and a quarter stars from the Wrestling Observer. Was that G one? G one, yeah. It was the main event of Night Five. Uh, so, so that was my first G one. Yeah, I was about to say it, that feels. You about always right. remember your first. So I almost said her first name. <laughs> Not gonna do it. Yeah, not gonna do it. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. It was Tara. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that's a good joke. That's a good joke. What a dickhead. The only better thing you could have said was my mom. <laughs> What's her name? Dorothy. No, I would never do that. No, she's a, she's a sweetheart. I've met her one time. She's uh, great. So then we have the Wardlow promo, which Wardlow and now MGF is like all of the rage, all of the talk. It completely destroyed Wardlow's momentum, and they're not really doing him any favors with that momentum right now. So it's either fight for the TNT title, which, you know, at least he has some kind of logical reason that he's done it before, but it doesn't make sense to do it once that over the heavyweight title. And if you're an unstoppable force like Wardlow should be, why would you settle for less? And then it looks like now they're going to have him wrestle 20 dudes in an attempt to get, uh, you know, the TNT title shot or whatever. Uh, that's just what he's been doing for the last three months. Uh, he beat MJF. Like, MJF is mega protected. He has a great singles record that should catapult him beyond beating up Mark Sterling 
some more. Um, not thrilled with this. I think there's really two parts with this, uh, the Wargo uh, promo. The first part is the fact that, you know, I agree with everybody. You know, he addressed why he wasn't in the Battle Royal. Okay. Not a huge fan of it, but he, like you said, it's the elephant in the room. Why isn't he there? You're the number one contender. So you should be at least in this Battle Royal. Obviously, that didn't happen. He came out and said it, and then he was like, oh, but there's another title over here. Wait a minute. If you're going to sit here and talk about CM Punk, you're going to wait for CM Punk to come back, but you want to focus on the TNT title, that makes no sense at all. What he should have just said was, I'm focused on CM Punk. I'm going to wait for CM Punk to come back. When CM Punk comes back or or John Moxley wins or whatever, it should have just been about the title versus, okay, we're going to, you know, pivot over here to the TNT title, which is hot garbage, neither here nor there. I he think, even said the title had been diminished. Like, and he wasn't wrong. He's not wrong, but... It's not, you say. <laughs> it's not even that. I don't even care he said it. It's just how the promo came across, where it was all about the title. It was about the, how he wasn't in the Battle Royal, but I want this title now. Okay, no, no. That just sounds like a petulant little child. You know what I'm saying? I can't have this, but now I want that. You know what I'm saying? Look, if you're going to be about the title, then be about the title. Say you're going to wait for CM Punk. I'll wait for, you know, if it takes three months, it takes three months. But I'm going to be here waiting for you and just leave it at that. So this is something that I didn't get to say last week because I wasn't invited on the podcast because (laughs) you had to have your two buddies on there. Uh, Take it over, bitch. But uh, I did think that the MJF thing on – Dynamite did take away from Wardlow's win. Like, maybe take a week off and then have MJF do it the next week. And I bet if Tony Khan had to do back, I bet he would do it differently. Because all of a sudden, the crowd wasn't as hot for Wardlow on Wednesday night as they should have been. And I hate saying it because... You're an AW mark. I no, because Say I think it. I think that Kansas, I think Kansas City's a good crowd, and because I think that he did have a lot of momentum, and the MJF thing kind of sucked the momentum from Wardlow. Like Wardlow destroyed MJF. Yes, at the pay per view, yes. it was a glorified squash. It was yes. seven minutes and thirty seconds, but I, it was I did, a squash. I did bell for bell, brother. Don't you worry about that. I did he, bell for bell for you. He did not, but. But MJF got no offense, which is not what you do to a guy that you want to someday have the belt. Okay, so do you think that this was a punishment to MJF for not showing up on Saturday? Oh, dude, this match was always going to be like that. No, that was a work. It, that that was a I, work. Look, I gotta. I have no, to ask the follow up question, match was man. Always going to be like that. What Wardlow like, versus MJF? Wardlow versus MJF was yes. always going to be that I match to- since I, the day. Three years ago, I com- he was going to powerbomb him ten times. I completely agree. So then, if you're going to have MJF make this big splash the next TV show, you have to push it back a week. Like, have MJF sell the match for a week and then come back this week 
and do it because it did take away from Wardlow's win. Because Wardlow's that might be where Wardlow's reality win. bleeds into kayfabe because maybe they were actually having problems and he couldn't guarantee that MJF would come next week. But I he mean, get him this week. It, Who knows? I, I had all sorts of stuff to say about uh, MJF's promo last week, and I would have if Jason would have invited me on the show. But hey man. obviously, TFTI. Hey I know, TFTI. Thanks. <laughs> but it did take away from. I, I don't think there's any way around it. It took away from Wardlow's win. I agree. And now Wardlow. I don't know. He just didn't get he didn't get the pop in Kansas City or an in independence that I thought he would do. Independence is probably the same as Kansas City. Well, no, I don't give a fuck. Just, it's, just, it's on the west side of the state. I don't give a weird. fuck about the fucking west side of the state. Fuck. Okay. It's just weird that someone that is the number one ranked person, and I guess there's my second problem that I have with this, is that the rankings have kind of, you know, bit Tony Khan in the ass on this one. That's, you not, ha- the, that's not the point. You, he had to come back on social media and back, you know, backtrack Ooh. on this shit. Tony Khan, if Wargo is the number one guy, then why isn't Wargo in the the John Moxley? Well, spot? that's that's what makes me think that it was supposed to be Wardlow versus CM Punk. CM Punk's first defense was supposed to be against Wardlow, and then Wardlow didn't take place in the thing because he says, "I'm waiting for you, CM Punk," which is stupid but we've seen stupider wrestling logic than that agreed we certainly have this is what well, this is babyface logic yeah it's babyface logic I, I i just think that the the reaction that wardlow got in independence missouri was not the same that it would have been if they would have hit the ground running the week or the the week after double or nothing and that wouldn't have, and instead have mjf suck all the fucking energy out of the room with his promo because all of a sudden you're all of a sudden you're focused on MJF again when he took the beating of a lifetime in kayfabe. I agree that he that they should have kept him off TV, but maybe like me, three weeks. A part of me would have always been like, okay, then like what's I said, up with MJF? Like but I said, if ultimately if, I agree with you. If Tony Khan could have it back, I bet he I bet he would. He might. Speaking of reactions in Independence, Missouri, uh, if anybody can send us pictures of any traditional media that AEW took out, like maybe they took out a billboard next to the uh, Jesus Saves or Abortion is Murder uh, or the local adult store uh, billboards that are all along I-70 down there in that part of the state, uh, I'd really like to see it. So, yeah, we'd like to uh, see it. If you've never driven through that part of the country, it's a ride. Uh, that so, part of the country uh, is a fun ride. Yeah, I'll take your word for it, gentlemen. Jesus, save, Jesus saves. Jesus like saves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Porn, 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 porn. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. Um, oh, so, uh, speaking of that part of the country, like I said, you guys, next week, uh, I don't know if you guys are going, but Chapin's Arena, at my alma mater, I graduated college in that arena uh, 2009. So, wait, wait, whoa, whoa. Uh, wait, stop. You you graduated from, where was the graduation at? I graduated from SLU at Chaffetz Arena because that had just been built like the year before. So Is that right? That's where the Billikens play. I'm a Billiken. I don't watch basketball. But, okay, never mind. Never uh, I mind. spent no, a lot no, of money no. to say it. Okay, never mind. You pay the money. I'm going to step back. I tripped mushrooms there two nights in a row to see Jesus fish Christ. on the night that the Blues <laughs> won the Stanley Cup. 
I bartended that run every single day in between the Stanley Cup and that fish concert. It was like one of the best bartending weeks I've ever had in my entire life. But fish fans are cool, man. Okay, so great. as long as we're going to say where we were when the Blues won the Stanley Cup, I was at Jack Patrick's watching some guy climbing on the uh, the pole of 10th and Isle trying to take the sign down. I would have killed him. I know you would have, but I'm glad you weren't there. All Go right. ahead, Tubier. Thunder, Ro- Thunder Rosa um, versus Marina Shafir. No, real quick. Uh, I, like I said, uh, they booked the match. It was the Young Bucks versus Jackson Express versus the Hardy Boys. In a ladder match, triple threat. Are you going? No, I'm not. Threat ladder match. No, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to the Forbidden Door pay per view. I can't go to everything. Shout out to High Five Tom. He's making all my fucking wrestling checklist for 2020 and probably for the next five years go through. I can't go to everything. It's either one or the other. I can't go to I can't go to anything for a full calendar year after I went to fish. (laughs) Whatever. No, I really can't. It's like a random Wednesday night. You could probably get them for 25 No, I can't. For a triple threat tag team. It's not me, dude. It's the wife. It's not me. Have you met Aaron Vegey? She's like, no. She's like, I'm going out. You're not going out again. And I'll go out and drink by myself. I'm not. She, no, I'm no. I can't go anywhere. <laughs> trust me, I, trust right. me. I did. Okay, that, 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 I did that, everything. That, that, I did everything that, this weekend. That's great. Right say it took us too long to edit the first time around. We're not going to edit you the second time around. <laughs> I'm not asking for anybody to get assassinated. It wasn't even assassinated. This continues to like feed into the Christian Cage heel turn though because he keeps making more and more ridiculous matches. Obviously Jungle Boy Jungle Boy was not, not happy. He's like, dude, what the fuck? Why are you talking? I can't believe that they're putting Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy in a ladder match because even though Young Bucks pulled a great match out of him a double or nothing, they were not looking good. No, no that was not a great match. A matter. Okay. Like, Didn't talk about it. Did you think that Jeff Hardy was hurt? We'll start with Bill first. Go with uh, Zach. Bill, I don't think, think that Jeff Hardy, Hardy was hurt? hurt. I just don't think that was his best match. Like he uh, th- that that match did not live up to my expectations. Well, he was definitely hurt. He got they pulled him off of the next show. They pulled him off of Dynamite. He was uh, supposed to wrestle. Okay, on that, Dynamite. That Young Bucks Hardy's match was not what not. what you expected. It was not great. Tubier, you're you're the yeah. Bucks guy. It was fine. What did you think about the match? Oh, I mean, I thought they pulled out all the stops as far as like working with what they had. Like, I thought the Young Bucks really it felt, carried. The did it feel like thing, a two, Did it feel like a handicap match to you? Uh, yeah, it okay. was just like them pulling everything out. So the triple threat won't feel like that, especially with it being a ladder match, and we know they're going to do something very, very silly. But um, I was going to say stupid, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. But moving on, we did have the AW Women's Championship match, Thunder Rosa versus Marina Shafir. I mean, Marina Shafir has way less charisma than Kyle O'Reilly, but um, I thought they didn't have a terrible match. I I thought that technically for Marina Shafir, kind of maybe experience level or from what I've seen, it was like pretty decent, like, Oh, it was okay. It, it was fine. Great for that. It was fine. It could have been a lot worse. And then we had the banger main event, which we already talked about. Moxley and O'Reilly. I mean, nobody believed O'Reilly was winning, but uh, they really just killed each other. Yeah, um, they beat the shit out of each other. 
<laughs> it was like uh, it was kind of like I don't know if you saw Moxley versus Filthy Tom Lawler, but they did kind of this match, but instead they both bled like a lot. Um, but yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was a it was an average dynamite as far as dynamites go. From my perspective, I usually give dynamites like a B plus to an A. I mean, this one was a C for me. It seemed just pretty okay. Wow, I expected a little more. Um, that's the that's the high bigotry of high expectations, I guess. Okay, because fair enough. Uh, no, fair Buddy enough. Matthews versus versus Pack is something that you'd want to see. Like that's a dream match. When Brett you said think that of, last week. When you think about both of them in the in that match. On the pay-per-view, because I haven't got to talk about it, that match was probably the match of the night. Was okay. the House of Black versus Death Triangle. Tubier, what did you think it was the match of the night, double or nothing? Oh, man. Uh, you, that trio's match was definitely up there. Uh, but... I didn't ask you I that. Think, Answer the question. As far as, like... That's why I'm working it out. Like I, I think through talking and think through. Writing. Let him work it out. So, just working it out. I still think, even with, um, you know, the couple botches, just like the the feeling and like with the title change, I still I'd probably still take Page Punk. Um, even though I didn't, wow. it made me feel a lot of emotions because I didn't realize how badly I didn't want Adam Page to lose that title until. It happened, yeah, so I felt it. a lot of feelings. But as far as like just like fun match, it would have been that trios match, I bet. So you're saying the trios match was the match of the night, or you like Punk versus Page better? Pick one, man. Uh, I mean, if you put a gun in my head, it's yeah, I'm putting a gun in your make face. make a decision. I'm Denzel Washington. It's training day. Make a decision. <laughs> yeah, I think Page Punk still. So I guess the crazy part about it is because obviously we didn't really talk about this. I like the the anarchy in the arena match and the the fact that I'm even saying that I like this match and to me was the match of the night is absolutely oh, crazy. It's amazing. Okay, it's a complete 180. It was of, amazing. Of what oh, I'm gonna make Bill real mad. I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt. No, you. go ahead. You can say what, whatever you want about anarchy in the arena because it was awesome. From Dude, like them playing the music like halfway through. Like if they would have kept playing wild things through that thing, I think it probably would have been like million stars. Right? Oh, like, when Jericho finally hit Homeboy's head on it to stop it. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. fucking unbelievable. But I will say, so that that match got five stars from Dave Meltzer, the wrestling observer newsletter. That Daddy Magic, Oof. the guy Bill hates in two point has more five star matches than Kurt Angle. <laughs> What? Kurt Angle's never had a five star match. Oh, okay. This is Meltzer. Okay, never mind. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) hang on. (laughs) You think that's going to make me mad? It's it's a good poke. (laughs) It makes me furious. (laughs) We know how you love some Kurt Angle. That dude bled so quick. I looked over. I'm like, dude, he's missing a chunk out of his freaking head. What the fuck just happened? It's it, to me. It's one of the best matches I've seen all year long. I had low expectations, and it blew it out the water. I'll go that far. All right, that's gonna do it for our three count. One, two, three. 
All right, everybody. We have we tons. We skipped right over the two and went to the three. No, you were the two count. Oh, I thought you said that was going to be do it for a three count. No, this, we're, just, we're you're like moving it along. We're getting to the three count. <laughs> this, let that so, man drive, man. Let him sh- shut up, man. Hey, for everybody that doesn't watch NJPW, you might as well turn off the podcast right now because <laughs> the rest of the podcast is NJPW except for the birthdays. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, but you know, maybe you guys might hear something that. Tickles your fancy. Maybe you might want AEW to start watching. going to be a part of this conversation, whether you like it or not. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about the finale of the Best of Super Juniors, which was... I'll let you guys go first. I was, I was, this is a, a week old for me. Well, it was Friday, right? I watched it that Friday but afternoon. But it has not been talked about on the no, podcast. not at all. So the finals was Hiromu Takahashi versus El Desperado. In a 37-minute incredible match. (laughs) Uh, Takahashi goes over. Hiroma goes over. I I was a little disappointed in that. But did you think that Takahashi going over was kind of a subtle, not not a dig at Despy, but it was kind of like, uh, hey, yeah, you were... You were a great uh, pandemic champ, but now the big boy's back here, so now Hiromu's going to be the champion. What do you think, Jason? I I said first of all, what you think of the match? I, it's probably the second best match of the tournament. I still say that uh, Robbie Eagles, Eagles versus El Desperado. Or I'm sorry, but versus El- ELP, ELP was yes. the, the match of the that tournament. was the match of the tournament. I didn't watch every single night, but. That's one you needed to watch. Yes. Because it was just amazing on multiple levels. Okay. That being said, I said it to Brett on Brain Buster Boys because we were texting back and forth uh, after the podcast. And, it, you know, you, were you going to watch it? Yeah, are you watching? You watch it? Yeah, I'll watch it. To me, this is like the Okada Naito of the junior division where we will call. Desperado, Naito, and obviously Hiromu as Okada. Every time you think that this is the time that, in this case, Desperado feels like he's going to usurp Hiromu, he can't do it. The semifinal, I guess, for lack of a better term, the the B-block final where you had ELP versus Despy, and Despy beats ELP, using his own move, A, that's crazy to begin with because you don't ever see it, and B, that's when I was like, okay, this is the time where I'm really thinking that Despy is going to be the guy. You have Romu's going for history. You got Despy in the way. It's old rivals. I get that. It's chalk, but it's still it's still all good. The match was great. I'll, I'll say it. As a LIJ guy, I was rooting for Despy at a certain point. I was disappointed that he lost and I was just kind of like well damn you know I get it but this is way this is what I felt like when Okada beat somebody that I like in this case it's Naido or ZSJ or somebody else it's always good but then ultimately Hiromu slash Okada wins it's kind of like ugh, man fuck great match but what you think about the that? ace wins this is my boomer reaction to Jason's 
sentence, which is, now I know it's Pride Month, but what's a ZSJ and what's it mean to be an LIJ guy? <laughs> Sorry. All right. He's heating uh, up! <laughs> so, uh, the match rules, but yeah, it is, like Jason said, it's like, who are you going to rely on? Like, Desperado's awesome, but like, you're, you're entering into the American market with a new partner. Like, they've already entered the American market multiple times. Like, they... They're established, like, on cable. It's not like a great station or anything. They've sold out Madison Square Garden with their previous partner. They just sold out instantly with this. Who do you go with with your SDA for the division? You go with Hiromu Takahashi, whether it's the third time, the fourth time, the seventh. Seventh time, right? Oh, sorry. I was muted. Yeah, seventh time. <laughs> but he's a guy. It doesn't matter how many times, like, now listen, I I could praise this match as much as you could listen to a drunk guy praise this match. What I'm more interested in, and yes, this was a great tournament, and I got to see a lot of people. Hopefully, we see a lot more of L. Lindemann. Uh, that was a guy that really impressed me. Who impressed you the most? Uh, if you're not including people that you knew, like who was a newcomer that impressed you the most? El Lindemann, I, I had never seen him before. I've seen um, Ali Zane, obviously Ace Austin, a lot of other guys. Um, Francisco Akira would probably be number two is the other guy that I had never seen that had good matches, didn't get a lot of points, but still had some good matches. And he and TJP won a uh, – a match over Watto and somebody else. So I would assume they would probably have a junior's tag title match at some point coming down the line. But those are the two guys that El Lindemann is throwing guys around. Just very one, one legged throwing guys around. Yeah. I mean, he was the guy that I was like, I don't even know who he is. And the next thing you know, I'm like, what the fuck? He's a cool wrestler. Yeah. 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 He reminds me who, of who, who impressed you the most to I'll loan him at 100% because I had seen Ace Austin. I'm a big Ace Austin fan. I think he's got a lot of potential. Uh, I'll loan him at 100%. He reminds me they're not similar wrestlers, but just in the same vein, like uh, Takashita from, you know, he was just in the AEW Casino Battle Royale. He, he wrestled um, Adam Page like a uh, couple weeks ago. It was awesome. Um, the dude's great, and I had never seen him before. Uh, he's in DDT, I don't have that subscription. Jason doesn't have a subscription, or maybe he does. But I yes, I do, man. I, we talk about he this all it. the time. I, just don't, I, just I just, I've never password. seen it before. Yeah, so, so I'd never seen him before. So yeah, uh, it was he. Bellman definitely impressed me out of all the DLS chair. So ELP had a big, a big pin the other night uh, on the undercard of the Best of Super Juniors the final final. If there's a super junior that you could see sneaking his way into the G1, which is right around the corner, which, as you know, is the, the true super WrestleMania. Bowl. <laughs> it's say, the true I, WrestleMania. I, I always say it's the Super Bowl. But Do you yeah. think that we see Hiromu in there? Do you think we see ELP in there? Do you think we see Despy in there? Who do you think that we see in there if we see anybody? <sighs> Who do I want would probably be 
because oh, I God. know I know not to I know not to hope for like Brian Danielson and Moxley, even though we Next did year. get Moxley one year. Next year. We got Moxley one year yeah. and it fucking ruled. And it was good. He he got a uh, shooter Uno over. Um so could we get who who are we looking for in the surprises in the G one this year? And then we're gonna do our Dominion picks. If I had to take one guy from it's probably gonna have to be the AEW roster. Um, man, wow. Um, somebody that can come over and do something good. Uh, Swerve, now Swerve's doing some shit now. Miro's getting ready to do some shit now. It's god damn it. So it's, it's, this roster's so fucking ridiculous. Um, Danielson's obviously the one. Moxley's gonna be jammed up. I mean, honestly, I'd love to see Kyle O'Reilly. He has a he has New Japan ties. He's probably not going to do anything. All right, he could do. A Jason lot of doesn't things. have an answer. No, uh, Zach, I'll go with Kyle Riley. That Zach, makes sense. Do you have an answer? Yeah, I don't think it will be like the junior heavyweight call up. Um, like you said, we have seen juniors question. in the G one before, though. If it's one, I'll go with Hiromu yeah. first. Yes, me too. Yeah, I just I just think they they are Despy um, actually more stacked Over because the they have the options. Go ahead, Zach. Oh, they have the options of, you know, American wrestlers because the restrictions have lightened up. They don't have to sit in a hotel room for two weeks. So I don't see them doing any light heavyweights because they have this availability of just huge pool of AEW talent and even impact talent and stuff. So maybe they'll do something similar to BOSJ where they have, like, one from each promotion. But honestly, I would expect more than a couple AEW guys, especially if they want to go over there. And that's what I'm most excited about. Uh, the names that would make me They're, got, they're coming over. I'll put the over-under at 1.5, and I'll take the under. I think we'll get one AEW guy. I'll if, take the over on that. You think we're getting two AEW guys? It's you think there's a chance we get Joe? Ooh. Joe's one of the ones I was going to say. As long as, he's, as long as he's the ROH champion, I'm going to say I mean, no. Beretta? That would make sense. Somebody that's not yeah. really doing anything, right? That can come who can, over, who can take a month and a half, but right. that but has New Japan ties as well, right? You know what I'm saying? Yep. So that it's not sure Brett is going to win the block, but you can throw him in in a scenario where it's him versus Naito, and they would have a good match. Him versus Okada would have a good match, whatever the case may be. He's not going to win. He's going to take some L's, but you can at least fill the block up with guys that New Japan have, New Japan fans have high Cannot costume. wait for the G1. Now, the A number one guy that I wanted to see in the G1 that's not Daniel Bryan is Claudio. <sighs> that would just Dude, stop. He's not an AEW guy, though. Leader. He doesn't have to no, be. No, but that's the thing. It doesn't have to be. Right. I agree. Okay. That's going to do it for our three count. One, two, three. Okay. Uh, we have ten matches here. And listen, I don't want to hear a whole lot of conversation about, I'll these, just say names. about these first yeah, I'll just give- five or so. Shit. What'd you do? Nothing. Did you hang up on me? Hey. Yep. 
Did you hang up on me? I did. It was my fault. You son of a fucking bitch. See, okay, that makes me feel good about last week. You know, right. my, my shit was towards the the very very end of the the uh, the podcast where I nicked right. the car. This is all on the podcast. I know. So <laughs> let's that was go, on the podcast. Let's go these <laughs> ones quick. Okay, we got six or nine, which is Taguchi Master Wado versus Hiroshi Tenzan and you versus United Empire, which is Hanare TJP and Francisco Akira in a six man tag match. Who you got? Uh, United Empire. UE, Undisputed Era. <laughs> Me too. Okay, we got LIJ, which is Naido, Bushi, and Hiromu versus Bullet Club, which is Ishimori, L- ELP, and Ace Austin. So was Ace Austin in Bullet Club now? Yes, yeah, he was. That was one of the big uh, turns on the uh, the final BSOJ show. Um, I'm taking Bullet Club. Ishimori's not defending the title. Nope, not on this. No. Okay. Um, Wait till you hear what the next match is, and then you'll um, you'll wonder why he's not defending the title on the show. Okay, just for Lij purposes, because I rooted against Hiromu, I'll take Lij. Yeah, I know you will. Uh, Are you you. taking uh, Zach? British Columbia Bullet Club. He said British Columbia. All right, the next match, and there is no reason why this match should be happening. I don't even know if you've even heard about this match. There's nothing on the line. There's no stipulations. There's nothing. Okay. It's Doc Gallows. <laughs> Do you know what this is, Zach? No, this is, I love the lead edge. Doc Gallows <laughs> versus Toriano. In a singles match? In a singles match. Honestly? At Dominion, it's a number three. There is no stipulations. There is nothing on the line. It's Doc Gallows. It's Doc Gallows versus Toriano. Hey, 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 hey. You know who I'm taking. Hey. Yano. Hey. Who are you taking? Hey, don't ever say Yano at a main event in the same sense ever again in my life. Okay, no, no. This is my main event. Who are you taking? No, there's no slap on the line. I'm taking Doc Gallows. Fuck that. It's not, it's, fuck that. It's not even for fuck. the KOPW. fuck Yano. I'm taking Doc Gallows all day, every day. Who you got, Zach? Dickery, dickery, thick dickery, Doc. Thank you. <laughs> Come on this island with me over here. Don't leave me over here by myself. All right. We have the House of Torture, which is Evil, Jiro Takahashi, and Show versus Suzuki Gun. Which is Zack Saber Jr., ELP, and Kanemaru for the six man never open weight. God, you're gonna make me say that. I'm taking House of Torture. So am I. Me too. Nah. And they're the worst. God, they're fucking horrible. So we have then next we have the Bullet Club for the tag team belts. We have the Bullet Club, which is Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens versus Great O'Conn and Jeff Cobb, who I have heard called, and what I like to hear called, Con and the Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to know sell and I try. <laughs> I hate it, but it's just, it's, it's so BFR, it's ridiculous. I'll go first. I didn't make that up. I didn't make it up. I, 
I didn't think I you did not did. make it I up. I didn't think you did, but it was just it's it's silly enough. It's it's BFR ish. Um Kyle on the cop. Yeah, I'm taking Kyle on the cop on this. <laughs> <laughs> the run is should lead it lead to something else. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think they're gonna take it and I think they're gonna feud with F T R for the Ring of Honor. Uh what do you got, Zach? Kyle versus Tyler, some shit like that. Oh man. God, they killed me. Uh, my eyes are watering. Uh, yeah, so definitely Con on the Cobb and <laughs> Con on the title. Con on the Cobb. <laughs> they are the, about to say, the sad part about it is we won't remember this next week, but this no, week is going to be Comedy I Central. Will. Yeah, we'll see. It's like Bob Evans. Uh, we have Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Hiroko Godu. I will go first. I'll take Tanahashi. <laughs> yeah. Way to got? go out on a limb on that one. Who you got, Zach? Who uh, <laughs> you got, Jason? I was going to say it's Tanahashi, obviously. Yeah, it should be a good match, though. The Goto should bring the, the, the motherfucking Rockets. All right. Should be for, for the KOBW belt, this is a match that I do want to see. It's Shingo versus Taichi. Have they named the stip? They have not named the stip. Okay. Um, I'll go first again because, you know, as the biggest basher of the KOB title, um, I ain't going to call it a title. It's a little trophy. Somebody should be bashing somebody over the head with it, but neither here nor there. Um, I'm going to still take Shingo, even not even knowing what the, the stip is. For whatever reason, Shingo is in this muck of the KOBW trophy, so be it. I think he still beats Tai Chi. I'd like to see Tai Chi get a push, but he's there with uh, Taka and other guys that cheated on his wife, so he's going to take a little hit from time to time. Two beer, you got? Yeah, it's hard to... The only reason I'm really interested in this match is, I mean, I like Tai Chi, but, like, Shingo, I, don't like, I love Shingo so much. Um, he's, like, an unfortunate uh, kind of character because he carried him through the pandemic also with like great work rates, but he's not the guy that they're going to take into America. So, um, so yeah, but I'm still going to vote for him. Like I'm still going to pick him. All right. Yeah. This, this is one that I'm generally interested to see what you guys say. I think that I know my answer, but I do want to hear what you guys say. I'll go to Zach first. We have the singles match for the Never Open Weight Championship. Tama Tonga is the champion. He is facing Machine Gun Carl Anderson. Who are you taking? I'm going to take Tama Tonga. I think he has a ton of upside. Um, I think we haven't seen, even though Tama Tonga's been around for a long time, I think we have not seen everything we're going to see from Tama Tonga. What do you think, Chase? He stole my thunder. Um, I remember when the Tongans turned against the Bullet Club before AEW was even a thing, and I said, I'm pretty sure we had the podcast going. I, I, I thought Tama Tonga would be the next big thing. I'm going to stick to that, especially with Carl Anderson as the guy that's his opponent. Carl Anderson will put him over. I got Tama Tonga. Uh, Tama Tonga. Has a pretty good run going right now. Ever since he got kicked out of the Bullet Club, he's had a good baby face run. Carl he Anderson, like acknowledge me. Carl Anderson <laughs> is a guy that when he wants to turn it on, can turn it on. Agreed. But he definitely knows that he is a lifer, so he 
he can take nights off. You know, sometimes he takes nights off. He doesn't really try very hard. Uh, I think we all do. So funny, like they would be mad if they were booking a match on Dynamite instead of a segment. They would try to get them to book them in segments so they didn't want to actually wrestle. They just want to get paid the same to like do a segment. I think hilarious. I think Carl Anderson is going to be motivated for this match, and I think that uh, Carl Anderson could have a match at Forbidden Door as the Never Open Weight Champion. Uh I'm taking Carl Anderson. Nice. We talk about you know Goto and G One. Carl Anderson wrestled some really good G One. I want to see that's uh, that's yeah, why I, like, I want to go back and watch. Like eleven years ago though, it I was like two thousand eleven. Show though, right? Benjamin was in the G One. Don't I you want to go back? No, and, and, of course, least, of course. Yes, I, I'm very curious yeah. to how I'm not New fuck- Japan's Sheldon Benjamin looks. I'm not fucking with you on that. Yes, I want to go back and watch all my faves for sure. I'm going to go back and watch Brock Lesnar. I'm going to go back and watch Hulk Hogan. Let's see, let's see these yeah, motherfuckers, you know. As much as I don't want to say it. All right. We never finished our NXT Rewind, but we should do something like that, dipping in. Jesus uh, Christ, come like, on. It would be fun. Just stop talking, maybe just stop talking about current wrestling for five minutes even. Uh, yeah. All right, so here Sorry. we have our first triple threat match of the night. Juice Robinson, who is the champion He's the United States heavyweight or United States heavyweight champion versus Sonata versus Will Ospreay in a triple threat match. I will go first. I'm going to take Sonata least to win because that dude is if if a wrestler could ever just be just turn into like a nap. That's what Sonata is. Wow. Uh, oh Jesus I'll, Christ. I'll take Osprey second, and I will take Juice Robinson, or I'll say his full <laughs> name now, Rock Hard Juice Robinson. <laughs> I'll take him as the most likely to win. Uh, who wants to go next? I will take the exact same thing, and I will say that. Talk shit about Sonata, please. Sonata to a nap is appropriate because a nap is very fulfilling. And it leaves you feeling real good. And Sonata does that. Motherfucker. But it's also not terribly exciting. He beat me on a, he beat me on a technicality. <laughs> he said it's not terribly exciting, so you got what you want. Yeah, but he that. still he said it was enjoyable. <laughs> I'm going to go. You look forward to it all day. Yeah, I'll say the, the nap I had before I got over here, was just it was so amazing. Um, I'm going to go Will Ospreay, least likely to win. I'll go Sonata, too. I'll go Juice Robinson to retain. Um, a part Everybody of me, likes Juice. A part of me, no. A part of me really wants Sonata to win it, and I want to pick him to win it. I just and J- New Japan is not like WWE; they'll take it off you on their first turn. So it wouldn't surprise me if Sonata wins. But a part of me thinks that Juice wins. Okay, so for the main event, we have Okada versus Jay White for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. I will go first. I thought about this a lot tonight, like a lot. I had to go out to my parents' house to pick up the baby, and I had to drive the baby back, and I was just listening to music, and I was just thinking about Jay White versus Okada and how much sense it would make for them to put the belt on Jay White here because he's very enigmatic. It would be a good story for Okada. Okada, as good as his United States ties now, it's not like you don't know who Jay White is. But I can't pull the trigger because I'm a puss. 
<laughs> and I'm going Okada because when Forbidden Door happens, they have to put their best foot forward, and Okada is their best wrestler. I'll go next. Um, I said it last week, and I can't. I, I would be hypocrite if I said it differently this week. I agree with everything that you said. I love Jay White. I would love to see the upset just to see the apple cart turned over at the end of Dominion. But going over to the United States, you want to have your flagship guy leading the my flagship promotion over the new or over into America for AEW Forbidden Door. So I'm going to take Okada. Zach, do it. Do it. This makes me matter than Bill. <laughs> But I agree 100%. And this is a terrible pod. It's the worst. Who do you agree with? I agree with both of you guys. Yeah, but who do you agree with more? <laughs> you, motherfucker. You said it first. Oh, that's good. That's good. I like that. <laughs> All right. Why are you taking Okada, Zach? He's that guy, man. Uh, I mean, Jay White can be that guy. And even it's like you're in a win win situation. Right. Like you booked a match where it's win win. If something happens, like, it doesn't matter. Like, if you have a Kota Ibushi Okada uh, situation where somebody gets injured in that match and somebody just has to take the win, it doesn't matter. You're winning. Tanahashi stepped in, and we had a good Tanahashi-Okada match. Let's just say for the sake of argument, let's just say you have Jay White upset Okada, and I'll put upset in quotes, and then you have – White versus John Moxley. I think that would be a good match. If God forbid, I won't even say God forbid. If you had Goto beat Tanahashi, ain't nothing wrong with Goto. Ain't nothing wrong. With, yeah, it's that's what I'm good. saying. Ultimately, you're gonna have good a good match at Forbidden Door. It's just different levels. In this scenario, I just really think it would be, it would be a pleasant surprise because I love Jay White so, but I really think Okada wins. Hell, I got a Jay White shirt. You know, I paid money to that motherfucker. I got... See, Jay White is, like, people talk about MGF being the best heel in the business because he just does very clever promos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay White, promo really, of the year. Jay White gives him run for his money because he's amazing at promos. Yes. And he's, yes, like, so good in the ring. Uh, this is so ringside. Oh, sorry. I thought I, I was <laughs> no, trying to time it. I was trying to time it. <laughs> no, I was about to say, wrap it Zach, up, motherfucker. Zach, finish your shit again. We'll edit it. See what this you did? Is See what you did? Why'd you talk over it again? <laughs> Hold on a second. One. No, it's perfect. You don't have to have it. No, I'm not gonna. Add. I'm not gonna add it. We're all good. This like there's. Okay, everybody. We get some birthdays this week. <laughs> we have superstar Billy Graham. Would have been 79. He's dead. Uh, Howard Finkel, the Fink. R.I.P. R.I.P. 72. He would have been Mick Foley. 57. Another guy that now wrestled. this thing says Tatanka is fifty seven. That's impossible, right? Tatanka is not the same age as Mick Foley, right? That seems impossible. I would, I would venture to say no. That doesn't make sense. But all right, we got a bunch you did of the math. We got a bunch of the ladies here. Lib Morgan is twenty eight. Ty Conti is twenty seven. Diana Perazzo is twenty eight. Hikaru Shida Oof. is thirty four. Then we, oh, we. Let's pivot back to the guys. Hey, man. take it easy. <laughs> Look, I'm single, man. Fuck you. You remember Dan Severn? I do. UFC. Uh, 64. NWA. Mark Henry. 
I got plenty left in the tank. You stole my thunder, you He's son of a bitch. He's 51. You remember Jerry Lynn? I do remember Jerry Lynn. Jerry AWE. Lynn. Jerry Lynn probably makes less money than Mark Henry in AEW, and that's a shame. Jerry Lynn had a string of great matches with RVD. TNA, the whole nine? Yeah. Uh, well, ECW. I didn't watch ECW. Man. And Virgil. <laughs> Virgil is 60. Cushiest job in the business. Did you guys see Apollo Crews on NXT this week? I did see Apollo Crews on NXT. Apollo Crews is NXT this week. Hey, for Murray the Man Murray, for Patriot Pat, for Tender Mahal, for Vice, for my wife, for my dog, for my baby, for Zach's babies, for Jason's babies. Yes, Billy and Lucifer, I'll be home in a little bit to feed you. Black Lives Matter. Jack. Boo the heels. Always. Defund the police. Wow. For Jason Cornelius <laughs> Bell. For Jack. two beers, Zach Pullman. I am Bill Vegan. And everybody, never, ever forget to boo the heels. Ooh, I love you, Reva.